Fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time. Even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hold on, I have to actually change my screen here. Hey, what's up? Welcome into the program. It's a pre- post not a post it's not a pre it's a post monday it's a tuesday we'll just say it that way welcome into the show <laughs> holy cow i'm sorry i'm all kerfluffle after seeing the end of the world's right around the corner did you hear the doomsday clock has ticked one step closer to the end and therefore you just need to pack it up you just need to give up right now you need to just get right with whatever you believe in and you just need to get ready for the end of times because by golly it is here according to the atomic experts or sorry the atomic scientists We are one step closer to midnight, which midnight apparently is the strike of the clock where it is the end of the world as we are 90 seconds away to midnight. Now, I don't know how they judge these things. Not quite sure how they actually gauge this. They look at the current events of the world and they try and take it down. And it's been slow moving. That doesn't mean in 90 seconds we're all going to die, although that would be really interesting. If you're listening to this broadcast at at the end of the day, when the world ends, then I applaud you and you are my favoriteest friend in the entire world. If this is what you're listening to when the world actually falls, that would be awesome. And we'll keep you apprised of everything going on when the world falls as well. Get ready for that zombie apocalypse. I am prepared. I've watched all see all 11 seasons of The Walking Dead, so I know what to do when it actually happens. Welcome into the show. This is The Voice Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas. On our flagship radio station all over the country, though, multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. However you watch or listen, we love you to death. Your Millennial General reporting for duty. So, we had the Doomsday Clock. There's a lot to get to today, by the way. We have Gordon Knight coming on the program. He is author of the book, The Deep Six Diaries, with his ongoing battle of the Canadian government with small business and the apparently the Canadian government's trying to ban his book not only in Canada but here in the U.S. as well, which is quite fascinating. So we'll talk with him coming up at the bottom of the hour regarding his book and his fight for liberty, justice, and freedom from the tyrannical oppression of the Canadian government. We'll get to that here in just a little bit. There's a lot to talk about, but right now, of course, this has got to be the biggest story of the day, right? I mean, the end of the world's coming. We need to be prepared. What's trending today? As according to Yahoo News, that we are now 90 seconds away from the doomsday clock moving forward, signaling the increased risk of humanity's survival from the nuclear shadow over the Ukrainian conflict and the growing climate crisis. Oh. I'm assuming the uptick changed after the whole World Economic Forum and Al Gore ranting about climate change garbage and how the world's going to end when his timetable obviously wasn't happening and didn't work. But uh, apparently now we're 90 seconds away. I remember when I was in high school and I took my first government class. And for those who don't know, this was not my original choice of career because I was supposed to be a super smart guy. (laughs) And by super smart guy, meaning I was planning to work for NASA. I love astronomy. I love space. I was memorizing memorizing the constellations. I was taking physics classes and astrophysics and quantum physics and everything else. Uh, That was going to be my career choice of field, which is why I'm kind of a nerd on this program, because I enjoy those things. Then I took a government class and an econ class, and I said, wow, 
arguing politics is way more fun and way easier. This is what I'm doing. So I kind of shifted gears there, but I really enjoyed that before. And I'm curious how they come up with this as well, because, I mean, why not? Why not? We just. Uh, but I remember during the government class, we were talking about the doomsday clock. And at that point, I want to say there was like five minutes left to it. It was like three minutes or five minutes. So over the realm of what? I graduated in 2007. That'd be three. That'd be what? 16 years, I guess. Golly, I'm almost coming up to my 20 year high school anniversary. Stop it. Stop it. That's coming up way too fast. Come on, man. Where's my, uh, yeah, stop it. Stop it now. Thank you, Joe Biden. I didn't get to play. I couldn't find it. I don't know where it's at. I guess we can do this. Come on, man. Get a life. <laughs> All right. That's close enough. Uh, back then, it was like five minutes until the end of the world, three minutes till the end, whatever it was. Now we're up to 90 seconds. So we're slowly working our way towards it. But what happens when it actually strikes? Will we ever know if it actually strikes midnight or will it be like when it falls, be like, ha we told you it was close. Kind of a weird, I don't know who follows those things as well, but if, for those that like to live in the doom and gloom and the end of the world uh, paranoia, there it is, you're 90 seconds away from the end of the world, according to the atomic scientists and the doomsday clock globally. And I have to give credit to, on the reason why it ticked up to 90 seconds up to the doomsday clock, I have to give proper credit where credit is due, where apparently it's former Vice President Mike Pence, who has now as well uh, declared that he has classified documents in his home. <laughs> Now, I don't know if the reason he made the announcement was because he felt left out. I mean, Donald Trump had him and the FBI raided his home and it was a big deal and everybody wanted Donald Trump to not be able to run for president again because he was a liar and he was a meanie head and he had all these classified documents. And now Joe Biden has them, which a little bit different story. Emerson says, well, it's totally cool because he's working with people and they were aware of it. No, they didn't know about it. And totally different story because he's not supposed to have those because he wasn't president. He was vice president. But we don't need to go down that road again. They're finding new ones left and right as they continue their search. They had a 13-hour search over the weekend, found six new at least folders full of classified documents. So I don't know if it felt left out. Or if we can always just leave it up to Mike Pence to steal away the thunder from the Democrats while they're in the limelight with the bad stuff that they've done. I know we're supposed to work together. I know we're supposed to sing Kumbaya and hold hands and say, well, you know what? We all are at fault here. But Mike Pence, I'm sure that he said, wow, they're really coming after Donald Trump. They came after Joe Biden, which is a bit surprising. I better make sure that I don't have any as well because I'm a squeaky clean kind of guy. And I respect Mike Pence for that. Still mad at him about a certain other things going on as well, and uh, but I still respect the hell out of him. He's still a stand-up, quality, high, you know, high uh, guy with a lot of morals and values. I get it. I respect the hell out of him, and he probably said, "I need to go through with a fine-tooth comb and just make sure that I don't have anything on my end." Well, apparently he does, which just reiterates the fact that classified documents are a bunch of bogus crap. Everybody's got you. I feel like I'm on Oprah right now. You get a pair of classified documents and you get classified documents and you get classified documents. <laughs> but he has some. He's turned them over. Apparently, that was back on the 18th, officially making news now because they were just a few that were in a couple small boxes. He found them. He turned them over. Everything's hunky dory. It's all done. I don't know if it's due to his ambition to run for president or, again, if he's just trying to be squeaky clean and, hey, I had some and I want to make sure I don't get busted with them because why do we need another one on top of it? So I'm going to do it uh, willingly and just hand them over so that way there's not an issue and we don't have to worry about it. The problem is 
is that the timing was probably the worst part of it, because now while we're all focused on Joe Biden, the current leader of the quote unquote free world and the current hack uh, corrupt politician going on in Washington, D.C., who should not have had those. And we're finding more and more of them that he's kind of stolen the thunder because now the mainstream media is all focused on Mike Pence. Hey, look at that. He had some, too. Him and Donald Trump, those administrations were terrible, man. They had all these classified documents. So leave it to Mike Pence to steal the thunder away from Democrats sabotaging themselves and shooting themselves in the foot, which is what he's oh so good at by uh, kind of steering it away and saying, well, let's not be too harsh here because I had some too. Outside of that, I don't really care. I don't care about the classified documents. It doesn't make one bit of difference. The big news today that I think is quite fascinating. What's trending today is we need to move down to the state of Florida. Obviously, we love the state of Florida right now. Ron DeSantis is killing it as governor down there, especially after his major victory for re-election uh, back in November. I have a forewarning, though, for Ron DeSantis, which I don't think he's too terribly worried about it right now, but it could potentially come a problem down the line, is be careful. And I'm not trying to make a threat or anything. I'm warning you, be careful. His latest focus that he has down in Florida has been against the teachers' unions and against the education system on the public level. That's why I say, be careful. That is all my forewarning. You know what I'm talking about if you've ever been involved with the public education system, with the school administrators, and with the teachers unions in your state, wherever you may be, you know the power that they have. The best reference we have of this is going up to the state of Wisconsin, if you remember a few years ago, when Governor Scott Walker had to battle off three different recall elections, which he was able to do, and then he lost his next general election. It was kind of weird. He fought off three different recall votes to get him out of office, and then he loses the general election when it came election time. Uh, but it was the recalls were because of the teachers' unions, because he was battling against them to give the teachers freedom of choice in, this, in the education system and uh, kind of pushing back from some of the power that they have as a special interest, as a union, and as a think tank, and as really the the special interest that likes to fund a lot of the Democrat candidates in the state. And if you're going after them in Florida, that's cool. I applaud you all the best that I possibly can. Be careful, because it's a very powerful, in fact, it's one of the most powerful unions in the entire nation. Be careful when they come after you. Again, I don't think he's worried about it, because he's going after them pretty viciously. But if you haven't heard, he's released his new proposal to the state legislature in the state of Florida called the Teacher's Bill of Rights, where the Teacher's Bill of Rights would challenge the teachers' unions and challenge local school boards, where he says, according to MSN.com, would give teachers the go-ahead to oppose their school boards if they believe their policies were against state law. Meaning, if the school board's promoting some certain agenda in the classroom, and the teachers don't like that certain agenda, they can disrespect it and just disregard it and go about their own agenda by saying that it's against state law and I'm going to teach the way that I feel I need to as a teacher, not as what the school board or the teachers' union is actually telling me to do. Andrew Spar, the head of the Florida Education Association, which is the biggest teachers' union out there, said that it is to, quote, punish and divide, coming out obviously and opposing the Teachers' Bill of Rights legislation in the state of Florida. Now, it sounds great. And I like the concept and I like the idea, uh, but there's some interesting stuff in this bill. And the teachers, here's the thing. The teachers unions, while they say they're 
for the teachers, we got to be very clear. They're not for the teachers. They don't stand up for the teachers. They don't actually represent the teachers. They don't have the teachers' best interests in mind. And I know that based on when the teachers' unions came out during the Trump administration when he was trying to propose his tax breaks the first year of his uh, being in office. And the teachers' unions fought against it because it would remove the tax breaks and the write-offs that teachers would have uh, for the school supplies that they invest into the classroom. Now, on the surface level, others on the other side of the aisle might be like, well, Andy, that makes sense. I mean, teachers, you know, spending all this money in the classroom and they should be able to write it off on their taxes. Now, the reality is that if you knew the tax bill in the first place, you should see that they actually got a better tax break to where they wouldn't have to write those off because their taxes were going down in the first place. Number two, though, if you're truly about teachers and teachers' rights and representing the teachers as a teachers' union, then you would fight for that because you should be fighting the local school district by saying that they shouldn't have to invest their own personal money that is, by the way, very little compared to what they should be making, that they shouldn't be investing their own money into school supplies anyways in the first place. If you really cared about them and really did your damn job, maybe you should be fighting the local school administrators or the local school boards or districts by saying, hey, maybe you shouldn't be having the teachers spend money on the posters or the dry erase markers or whatever else, boxes of tissues or uh, cleaning supplies or sanitation or hand uh, hand sanitizer, whatever else they're spending on. Maybe the teacher shouldn't be having to have to be buying that crap out of their own pockets. Just throwing that out there. If you really cared about them, maybe that should be your priority, not hating on Republicans, giving them a tax break so they have more money in their pocket at the end of the day. I know that's a strange thought. I know that's a strange concept, but that's maybe the way if you truly cared about them on what you should do. We got to take a break. There's a lot to this bill I want to break down when we come back, but there's an interesting piece on how the mainstream media writes about this, and it really shows the true character when they talk about distribution and equality and making everybody fair on how much they really don't care about that aspect of people's lives. More on that when we come back for The Voice of Reason. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Man, it flies right on by 24 minutes past the hour. Welcome back into the program, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. So we have Ron DeSantis going after the teachers' unions, which I'm glad. Focus on them, baby. Let's start pushing back against the teachers' unions. Not the teachers themselves or the ones that need the credit. Teachers are not properly being represented through their organizations right now. They are not being taken care of through the school districts in most places across the nation where they don't get the proper wages and compensation. They don't get the resources that they need to in the classroom to do their job efficiently and productively. They don't have what they need to get the job done right. Then we have the new generation of teachers coming in. Not all of them. This is a broad uh, umbrella conversation here. But a lot of them are coming in with an activist mindset, wanting to change things, which is why Ron DeSantis came out and was really pushing back against some of the gender, sexual orientation garbage, which he did, by the way, speak at uh, just earlier today or yesterday regarding this bill and why he's pushing back against some of the gender garbage that's being pushed in the K-12 system. Having any sexual content in elementary school is inappropriate. It's wrong. And it, yes, I mean, I think the gender ideology is something that is very problematic when you have very young kids and if you have a teacher saying, well, what gender would you like to be? 
That's a little weird. I don't know if everybody heard that. That was only one channel. I heard that only one side of my ear. So if you didn't, then I apologize for that. But uh, he came out pretty harshly against some of this woke mentality. I saw a study. I saw some memes on social media about how China's teaching their K through 12 kids about quantum physics and engineering and how to build apps. And we're teaching kids on what gender they're supposed to be. We have some work to do in our public education system. And by the way, money is so many other districts around the country like to say money is not going to be the end-all, be-all, solved problem here. You can throw as much money at it as you want to. doesn't help the situation. I'm going to use Kansas for an example because I'm familiar with the funding here in the state of Kansas. I've talked with a lot of organizations like Kansans for Prosperity and uh, um, um, some other ones as well. I can't think of them right off the top of my head, but I've talked to a lot of different organizations uh, here in Kansas. Regarding public education, when I came to Kansas roughly, what, 2015, they were breaking records because the the per-student funding per child was matching private school funding at right around nine dollars to $11,000 per student to go to public education. Obviously, the quality of public school wasn't quite matching with the private school quality, but yet somehow, based on our taxpayer money, it was being funded the exact same. Now... So many years later, we've hit eighteen to nineteen thousand dollars per student, well above what it costs to take a kid to a private school every year, and yet the quality still isn't there as well. We haven't seen an increase in education quality or test scores or graduation rates. Hasn't happened, but yet it's more expensive. And what do we hear from the school boards? What do we hear from the uh, statewide board of education? What do we hear from Democrat legislators that are being funded, by the way, by the special interests of like the teachers unions is, oh, yeah, we just need more money. You're not properly funding them. And if we just get more money, then we can actually raise the quality <laughs> and we can see how well that's worked because it hasn't worked for oh so many years with oh so much more money being funded into the system. What's really fascinating, though, is when we talk about ways to actually make the education system better, like voucher programs or something, school choice. Which I believe, what this is, this, is it this week? Is school choice week across the nation trying to focus on school choice, allowing kids to go to the school that they want to with a better quality and better opportunity for them as children and as parents, whether it's across the city or whether it's a magnet school or some other place around them where they have a better opportunity for the choice that they want to go to. They're apparently not allowed to do that in some areas because, well, we don't like that. You need to stick in the area that you're in. And I don't get that mentality. I've had Democrat candidates on this program, and I've asked them about school choice, and they've said that was an absolute horrible idea. Their words, a horrible idea to allow kids to be able to choose what school they want to go to and allow them to get into private schools. Private schools should say stay private. Public schools should stay public. And that should just be it. That's the Democrat mentality. When I thought they were about equality, I thought they were about equal opportunity for everybody. Blows my mind. That's weird. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Where does the time go, my friends? Welcome into the program. Last half hour on the home stretch here like we do every day on the program. Thanks for hanging out. As always, if you want to find us, you can find us on our social media at Hoosier Reason. That's H-O-O-S-E-R Reason. 
HoosierReason.com. All of our social media is all the same, and it's all should be verified on Facebook, on the Tweety, on the Instagram, on the TikTok, on... Hold on here. I have a laundry list of the social media. I want to make sure I give it all here. We got, we got Facebook. We got Telegram. Yes, I am on Tel... I don't use Telegram, but I have it. We have our YouTube channel, our Twitter channel, our Getter channel. You need to get the Getter. Got the TikTok, the Instagram, the Truth Social, the LinkedIn, and the Our Freedom Book as well. All of them are the same at Hoosier Reason. You can find us H-O-O-S-E-R. You can also find uh, the website at HoosierReason.com and see all the links there as well. Also want to give a hat tip to our OpsLens family as they do a lot of our streaming every day, O-P-S-L-E-N-S on their website, OpsLens.com and their app and their social media. They stream us. We've been getting some killer numbers on there, so thank you guys and we love you to death. That's my little plug for you. Uh, there, Gordon Knight, not able to get a hold of him. So I was talking to, actually during the breaks, was talking to the uh, publicist that had booked our interview and helped us out here. And he's on another interview, so they kind of double booked him. We'll get him rescheduled. Not a big deal because obviously I haven't made my full point with this issue. Anyway, so you, we have some more time just to be a little bit more intimate and talk about this education system, which I know is a huge topic because most people listening to talk radio, either have parents, either have kids or grandkids that are in the public education system. And as you can see, the quality of education is going downward. And this is not an attack on the public education teachers out there. This is an attack on the system that they're trying to deal with. It's an attack on you as a teacher. If you're into the woke mentality, trying to teach kindergartens about their gender identification, then we have a problem here, but it's not about you. The problem is you are the victim trying to educate our kids and we're falling behind with our curriculum. We're falling behind because our standards continue to drop while the cost of it continues to go up. And if you've noticed, all of the funding goes into the inner city areas and the largely populated areas where that's the worst of all of the curriculum and the quality, and yet they continue to not get any better, which I find quite fascinating. So, yeah, we need to focus on this. Now, Ron DeSantis out of Florida has proposed this bill, this uh, teachers' rights bill in the state of Florida, which sinks, by the way, a whole lot of money into trying to hire new teachers as well by raising teacher wages because apparently the state of Florida is ranked number 48th in the nation for the average public school teacher pay. That was as of the latest report for 2021, I believe, 2022. So they're at the bottom of the list. They're sinking $3 billion overall spent on salaries over the past three years, according to Ron DeSantis, which is a lot of money. And again, I warn, be careful while you're focusing on raising the pay for teachers. That's awesome. Let's not turn every state into the like the state of Illinois, where the entire two major pieces of uh, your budget go towards the pension plans and education. And then everything else is bankrupt because you can't afford it. And you end up raising taxes to try and cover these because all the public education teachers are going to need retirement funds and all of the perks that go along with it. And eventually that's going to bog down the system. So you may be doing well right now, but it is something to look at in the long term, which is why we have other conversations regarding the retirement plans that need to be invested in the private sector and making sure it's not a, a burden onto the taxpayers as the population continues to decline with the uh, lesser amount of individuals that are having kids uh, for the next generation. Nonetheless, that's another conversation for another time. In this bill, as I'm reading this through MSN.com, and I'm reading about this bill, there's an interesting piece in here where it really shows the uh, media bias, I guess you could put it, when it comes to public education and how they like their separation. 
And I said this going into the break, I've had Democrat candidates come on my show before, mostly for the Kansas area here where I'm at, and we've had candidates on for congressional seats, for example. And one of them we used to have on quite a bit, and we've talked to him and like to do the sparring back and forth about different ideas. Uh, he, as he's a radical left-wing socialist, he brought in AOC and Bernie Sanders crying out loud for his campaigns uh, back in the day a few years ago, and he lost horribly because we're not a blue state like that, so he lost miserably, but nonetheless, he brought him in. He was on my program when he specifically said that private schools need to stay private, public schools need to stay public, and there should be no crossing in between. A voucher system to him, in his own words, was an absolutely horrible idea. And it blew my mind that anyone would actually say that publicly, let alone even believe it. Because you would think that if you're truly about equality, not equity, big difference, we don't set the value for you based on equity. You're not a piece of equity. You're not just a value to the government and a dollar sign on how much you're worth. You're actually a human being that has endless amount of equity, and therefore we're not going to put a price tag on you and a value. The only price tag we can put on people are politicians who get bought off for, to support certain really, really stupid funding bills when they get certain perks coming out of it themselves. That's when we know their equity. That's when we know how much they actually are worth because they got bought off for a certain price. Yes, you know who you're talking about and who we're going after. All 18 of you Republicans in the Senate that voted for the $1.7 trillion omnibus package. We're not talking about equity here. That's a stupid way. That's the most racist, uh, slave-like term to ever be used, and I hope that spreads everywhere and you start using that as well. When everyone says, oh, we need to equalize the equity, we need to increase the equity. No. Equity is nothing more than a label of servitude for the government to put a label and a value on you. Period. End of story. We're talking about equality. And if you want true equality, then you can look at the results of the test scores, graduation rates, and quality of education between charter schools, magnet schools, private schools, and public schools, especially in inner city areas. It's a very easy list to look at, and you know that the public schools are at the bottom of the totem pole. And if you're truly about equality, then why in the world would you not be about vouchers to give the kids and say, hey, we're going to give you X amount of money for you to take your kid wherever you want them to go. And now you know that there's going to be a massive waiting list for the private schools, and they're only going to let in the best of the best and try and keep them there. But you know what? If you try to get in and you do get your kid in, then awesome. All the more encouragement and the reason for them to work hard and try and qualify to get into a private school later on down the road. If they can get into a magnet school, if they can get into a charter school, if they can get into something other than the basic K-12 public school, then great, they can. What that does is when all of the population of these ridiculous inner city public schools goes in the tank and no one wants to go there, there two things are going to happen. Either they're going to realize, oh, wow, maybe we should start raising the quality here and they bring it up a little bit or they shut them down. And then all those teachers are out of a job and all those administrators are out of a job. Oh, my God. <laughs> all the ones behind the scenes pushing the papers. So here's, here's the piece that I found fascinating. According to MSN, when they talk about the new proposals would have to be approved by the legislature in case of changing the Constitution via, via a referendum, yada, yada, yada. His teacher's rights proposal is patterned after the parents' rights that allow parents to ignore COVID restrictions. Uh, they go on to talk about, if I can find it again, because I just lost my space. Thank you, ads on MSN.com. 
They talk, Oh, here we go. They come just days after DeSantis and the Education Commissioner Manny Diaz made national headlines in banning an AP African American Studies class in the state and announced plans for the state to fund any parents who want to send their kids to voucher schools, no matter the income. Now, now you would think. You, I want to read that again to you. Uh, this comes after they announced their plans for the state to fund any parents who want their kids to uh, to go to voucher schools, no matter the income. Meaning, whether you make a hundred thousand dollars a year or whether you make twenty thousand dollars a year, you would have a voucher that says here. I have the ability to go to a private school or a voucher school or a magnet school with this voucher, regardless of how much I make. It doesn't matter. And to everybody, you would think, well, that's a great idea. That gives opportunity for low-income individuals who cannot afford to spend out-of-pocket money to go to a private school. That gives them the opportunity to work hard, to raise up their grades, to qualify to get into a private school, and give everybody equal opportunity. Not equal outcome, which is what they want, but equal opportunity. And that way you can get in depending on the work that you put into it. And Democrats say that's a bad thing, no matter their income. How dare you let low-income individuals come in and try and go to a private school. They can't afford that. You're talking about redistribution of wealth. You're talking about redistribution of vouchers. How dare you? Now, everybody pays into taxes, and the taxpayer money goes into fund the public schools. And, yes, some people put in more into the tax system than other individuals. And if you're on the government dime, then you're especially not putting your worth into the public education system but or, uh, to the taxes. But guess what? Your kids are still going to public school. Which means you're still getting the value of the whatever it is in your state, whether it's $10,000, $20,000 per student, you're still having your kid go to school valued at that worth based on the taxpayer's rate at that time. Even for someone who makes $10,000, $15,000 a year and doesn't pay a whole lot of federal or statewide taxes. So... Apparently, according to Democrats, the only time that they don't like redistribution of wealth is when it's actually giving kids an equal opportunity. The only time they don't like redistributing somebody's wealth and giving someone a free handout, which would be a voucher, is when it actually benefits the kids. The only time they like it is when it puts a glass ceiling on top of them where it tells them that they're doing something and helping them out, but it really doesn't help them out. The only time they like it is when it benefits the elites to keep them away from the poor people, keep them away from the lower class because we're handing you a paycheck just for you to be able to go and get groceries and for you to live, but you got to live in the Section 8 housing. You have to live in these terrible situations. you got to live in these terrible environments, but we're going to take care of you. Don't worry. The government's here for you. But when it comes to actually helping kids and giving them an opportunity, <laughs> no, 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 no. We don't want that. We need the separation here. We need the segregation. It's the class warfare all over. The rich people stay in their private schools. The poor people stay in their public schools. We don't want any interbreeding in between those two why because they don't want as elites the very elitist narcissistic mentality here they don't want those poor people having the same opportunities by being able to go to a school with a voucher and going to a private school and it would take all the power away from the teachers unions by being able to say hey we're going to keep these teachers here even though they're terrible teachers or we're going to promote this certain agenda that's not really advancing them educationally but hey we're going to say we're here for the teachers and for the children takes all the power away from them and they don't like that. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier.
fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I don't know if you noticed or not, but we could talk about education issues for hours on end. It's a fascinating conversation, and I'm glad we're having the conversation because we need to with the lack of focus that we've had on public education for a very very long time. What's disturbing to me, though, is that we have so many that are all about the division between the two. Now, when I mean that we need the school vouchers, we need to be able to send our kids to public, private, charter, magnet, whatever else out there, uh, the government, of course, is going to try and get their greedy little hands in to regulate them and say, well, now that you're accepting government money, now you have to go by our curriculum, by our standards, because we're here to help. We're from the government. Remember that? Yeah, well, the problem is, though, what we need to do is just send a check literally to the parents and say, obviously, they can't spend it on something else, but say, hey, here's the amount of money you have available. What school are you taking them to? I'm going to take them to this school. Okay, boom. It's sent to them. Done. End of story. Do your thing. That's where you're going to go for this year. Why is that a big deal? Why is that a big struggle? It's all about control. It's weird. Like, it's the the micromanagement. It's that boss that looks over your shoulder and wants to see everything that you're doing, everything that you write, every time you breathe, every time you take a sip of water. They want to know what you're working on to make sure that they micromanage and know exactly what you're doing at all times. Let us live our lives. Let us educate our children. We as the parents have the full choice. We as the parents have the full authority over our children. I should have the right to take my kid to any school that I want to. I should be able to have the right to take them anywhere that I want for their education or to teach them how I want them to be taught or at least go to a school to that most aligns with my thought process or the quality or standards that I want them to be able to have. That includes the public, private, charter, whatever. That also includes the micro schooling that's starting to become a cool thing. Also the private schooling, also the homeschooling, whatever else is out there as an option. Why the heck not? It's that micromanagement, man. I'm still, by the way, disturbed about the whole equity versus equality thing, too. Where Whoever came up with that concept of, ah, it's all about equity. Man, it's like we like to be bullied around. It's like we like to be in servitude. For example, uh, the total control, it's either control or desperation. Not quite sure which one here as we get into our last story of the day real quickly. California is now looking at taxing people even for assets they have outside of the state of California. Now, I don't, I don't know... The reasoning behind it, other than they want some more tax money, but I think there's also a more devilish reason as well, underlying of maybe just wanting complete control and wanting to change the world from within. This is kind of like the whole Missouri thing of trying to create civil lawsuits against people who try to go out of the state for abortion. little excessive. Don't agree with that. Even though I don't like abortion, I don't think the state should be telling you what you do outside of their state lines. That's a little weird. But California wanting to now do the same thing is Democrats are looking to consider a wealth tax in the state, not just for the wealth that you have within the state lines of California. If you have a business or you just have money sitting in a bank or you have land or whatever else you have there. No, no. As early as 2026, the threshold for being taxed would drop. And those with the worldwide net worth exceeding $50 million would be hit with a 1% annual tax on wealth, while billionaires would still be taxed an additional 1.5% for worldwide net worth. If a business owner in California has land in New York, has a farm in New York, has rental property in New York or New Jersey or Montana or wherever else, you would not only be taxed for the property you have in California, but also a 1% to 1.5% tax as well for that wealth that's in that other state 
that real estate, that land, that business, wherever it may be. Your headquarters, remember all the businesses moving out of the state of California, moving to uh, here in Kansas, moving to Texas, moving to other places, dairy farms that were sick and tired of all the environmental BS from Gavin Newsom and the Democrats there. They're leaving the dairy farms from California and moving out. Remember Tesla with Elon Musk moving Tesla's headquarters out of California and to Texas? Oh, yeah, if they still resided and had a home in California, they would still be taxed for that business in California. Another level of stupid, not only for the tax revenue because they're so bankrupt in the state from doing stupid initiatives that they need the tax money and they bring in more and more money every single year and they still can't get themselves caught up because they act like the federal government where they can just tax and just spend however they want to and think they're going to get bailed out by the taxpayers. But it's also the micromanagement. We don't like your business. We don't like what you're doing. It's harming the environment. It's hard. It's harming um, the world around you. So therefore, you need to pay an additional tax to the government while we turning it turn it into a positive green investment of energy of electricity where we can shut it off when we don't want you to use it anyways <laughs> welcome to california man the world's a crazy place man i just want to go hibernate and get away from it all because these people are stupid that does it for us today podcast jumps up in just a little bit we got a lot lots more to cover tomorrow big guests we got a special guest lined up for you tomorrow involved with the trump family hint hint wink wink We'll do that tomorrow on the program. Until then, be your own voice of reason. This is the voice of reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Have a great afternoon. We'll see you on the radio.